Michael Cummins has been in the sports and fitness industry for over 20 years. He started as a personal trainer until he graduated from San Diego State University with a degree in kinesiology emphasizing in physical therapy. He then moved into the strength and conditioning field, receiving his education primarily through Exos. After working with several high-level teams, he accepted a role at Skills, where he developed the Skills Performance Training line of products and content. He is the Director of Business Development for Skills, and he is my guest today. What's up, everybody? My name is John Campioni, and this is the Rock Tape Podcast. All right, I am sitting here with Michael Cummins. Michael, what's up? Hey-ho, doing great, brother. <laughs> so let me tell a story about Michael. I first met you at Rockstock uh, last month, and you were the energetic guy putting us through a workout on Saturday morning. So me being a father of two and not exercising regularly anymore, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go do the morning workout. And then I see Michael on the beach excited at 6.30 a.m., getting everybody pumped up, pulling out the bands. And I was like, half of me was like, oh crap. And the other half was like, I'm into this. I'm into this. Mike, Michael is a very <laughs> motivating individual. He is coming to us from Skills, part of the M Plus family that Rock Tape is now a part of. Michael, tell us a little bit about you. Kind of tell us how uh, you got into kind of health and fitness and, and where it came from. And then we'll get into talking about Skills a little bit more. Yeah, you got it. Now, here's the prologue to your story, John. I was out there at about five o'clock setting all that up by myself in the dark. Oh, jeez. And I'm a father of five. Oh, man. <laughs> you, you beat me. You beat me. No, nah, no. It's, it's all part of it. Um, where, where I come from, I, uh, I had a lot of uh, – I was an artist growing up. I loved the human form, loved the human body. That's what basically got me into doing what I was doing. Worked for Nordstrom for a lot of years and took a personal inventory of my life. And I had a whole bunch of checks next to um, everything that my current job did, but I had no checks next to uh, kind of this self-fulfillment. Like, was it, was it spiritually? Was it um, you know, psychologically uh, satisfying? Uh, and there was no checks next to that. And I said, you know what? I am, I'm in the service game. I love people. I love helping. I come from a, a long line of pioneers who literally were here to help people. And so I go, man, I like lifting weights. I like taking care of my body. I think that I want to be a personal trainer. Um, and then getting into personal training, I really loved physical therapy. And so ended up uh, at San Diego State working on my uh, degree in physical therapy, uh, got the degree in kinesiology pre-PT, um, volunteered at a PT clinic, did about 1,200 hours, and uh, about uh, just, just about doing in, in the 1,200th hour or something like that, dealing with insurances and everything back then, I said, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I want to stay under an umbrella where I'm able to do my own practice. I'm able to do what I want uh, and not be beholden to to insurance because there were some studies out there and at this time, I'm kind of old now, but at this time it was ultrasound. Ultrasound, you know, it didn't have a lot of um, proof points to, to what they said it did um, compared to what uh, new research said it did. But yet we would get 60 bucks for 20 minutes of ultrasound. And that was like the, the underlying factor that made me say, hey, if this is the way this is going, I, I, might, I might as well check out now. 
And so mm-hmm. that, that removed me from uh, furthering my career in, in physical therapy. That's pretty cool. That's, uh, I, I think that's a step that a lot of people are, are more afraid to make uh, than, than not. But uh, that's a really good point. So what kind of took you from that? Because, you know, you getting into training and strength and conditioning, I would say with that background, you have a, a little bit more, you know, obviously clinical experience, a little bit more higher level of, of knowledge of the human body. So how did your transition go from something like that into kind of the strength and conditioning world and being more involved with that? Yeah, so I, I opened up a little gym in, in Cardiff by the Sea, California. Um, the owners at the time moved back to Michigan, and they basically said, this gym's yours. Make it money, do whatever you want with it, just don't burn it to the ground. And so <laughs> I, had this, I had this really cool, uh, you know, kind of a lab that I was able to do my, uh, you know, my, my scraping and my cupping um, and my stretching and all these different, you know, quote unquote, physical therapy modalities on top of personal training. And I had a killer clientele. I had uh, the president of Warner Brothers. I had uh, Dr. Seuss's wife. I had this, this vein of, of people with a lot of money. Um, and it was great. I was working 10, 13 hours a day, plus opening and closing the gym. But what was being stymied was, was my curiosity and my creativity. Because as you know, uh, a personal trainer, you only make as much money as you can work, right? You're paid by the hour. And it's not that money was everything. I just didn't like having that ceiling. And so what there was so much going on outside of the box that I was kind of caged in. And so that's when I said, man, I need to, I need to get out of this box and I need to explore other realms. Um, at that same time, I was a little bit bored of simply rehabilitating and helping people move well. I wanted to help people. If you could move at a, you know, one out of 10, you were a 10. I wanted to see if I could take you to an 11. I wanted nice. to work with people who are already the best in the world and see if I can make them better. And that's when I, I got into training athletes and, and working with these, these people that were just absolute specimens. And what can I put together programming or anything that my background uh, you know, led me to that I would be able to shift, adjust, and modify these guys to get even better, you know, improve by a hundredth of a second. Like stuff like that is what really intrigued me and, and, and kind of got me out of that gym life and, and into more of this, this strength and conditioning focus. Did you start to find yourself uh, maybe having a bit of a specialty with athletes, like looking more at like, I want to be the speed guy or I want to be the strength guy or was it just kind of all encompassing? Yeah, I was like, uh, uh, really, it was kind of, I came in because of the PT background. I came in as a, uh, the the if you're going to build your motor i'll build your brakes and so eccentric Mm. movements deceleration movements injury prevention plyometrics were kind of like my my favorite Uh, and then speed because there was a lot of people out there doing olympic lifting there was a lot of people out there doing power lifting even though power lifting is kind of my back or it's what i prefer to do max lifts and and power lifting um i i recognize there was a lot of people who were really good at that good at teaching it better than me. And so I said, you know, I, I love speed. Let, let speed be, be the focus of, of, of what I'm doing. Um, and when I, I'm a closet inventor and through, through inventing all of these products, Home Depot is like my second home. So uh, <laughs> after inventing a bunch of products for the gym and for these athletes, that's actually how I came to work at Skills. I, I started training the, 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 the founder of Skills. Um, but uh, 
through through all of that you know inventive work i was able to um you know uh, create uh, some of these different products that that i would use with these athletes to help them get to a place where where they maybe couldn't get on their own and after individuals seeing that or john sarkeesian seeing that he's like man we need to we need to bring you in in house to build our fitness line here at skills that's so cool i've done a lot of that myself when i was a trainer is and honestly it was because it was cheap but uh you know building your own stuff i'm so curious what's one thing you can remember that like a home depot style uh piece of exercise equipment that you came up with that you use a lot uh one that that uh recently some people still have it's called the mobility bar um the mobility bar is this uh mobility and stability stick it's about six feet long and you can use it to create joint range of motion primarily in your shoulders um the and, and listen some of these ones i just wasn't smart about and i like my my cold roller i, I invented a cold roller because i had tendonitis in my forearms from lifting so i'd go to the refrigerator and i'd get uh these this metal can of redline which is a pre-workout and i'd rub it yeah. on my forearms so i then took that thing i filled it with um this product called peas which is a cbs icing product okay. i filled it up and i created this amazing roller that you could either use handheld or you could put it on a, a carriage and you could you know lie on it so we brought that to uh not to bag on anybody we, we brought that to somebody and we said uh hey you you looking to, to market this thing he said no and then a year later he launched it as his own product <laughs> and uh man oh it oh, hurt it hurt you got it. You got it. <laughs> You've got to tell me off air who that was. So cool. <laughs> For sure. Did you, did you ever watch Seinfeld? Yes. That happened to Kramer with the uh, the cologne in the ocean, right? <laughs> and you my, got Seinfeld, man. Listen, my dad tells this uh, story, or my grandpa, my apparently through my grandpa's story, my grandpa invented root beer, and he will he, <laughs> <laughs> he's dead now, but. To this day, he'll see, you know, if he were alive, he would tell you, I invented the formula for root beer. <laughs> <laughs> I always kind of have a weird opposite of that thing is, is I'll, I'll have this proclamation in my kitchen and I'll be like, look at my wife, you know what they should make? And she's like, uh-huh, yeah, that exists. I'm like, oh, damn it, it already exists. <laughs> that's like, that's 100% of the emails I get now is somebody will tell me something. I go, guys, are you not even Googling like this word? Because... <laughs> It exists in seven different ways. Yeah, and then they get all super hurt. But yeah, that's the life of an inventor for sure. Yeah, so your innovation uh, and your opportunity working with the, the founder of Skills kind of brought you uh, into uh, the company. So kind of tell us about the evolution of your work with Skills and what you're doing now with them. Yeah, so I, the, the, my story doesn't exist without a guy named Tommy Mooring. Tommy is uh, one of these dinosaur trainers. He's been around forever, old school power lifter under the, you know, the Louis Simmons day, uh, just kind of modern day, uh, you know, godfather. Um, and it was with very little recognition, right? But he's one of those guys, much like uh, a lot of people in this industry who just bolster you and lift you up and provide that motivation you need. So he was the one that said, Hey, you know, to the, the founder, this, this kid's bright, this kid's smart, you know, take a chance on him. And so John hired me over here uh, to be an independent contractor um, and built this, you know, this huge facility. And he said, this, you know, this facility is yours. And um, I looked at it and me being kind of a responsible individual, I'm like, mm, I don't have the bandwidth to, to kind of cover this. And so we sought out a group called athletes performance, Mark Verstegen's baby. 
and which is now known as Exos. And so hmm. I became part of the, the performance innovation team uh, over there working with, you know, their guys, Craig Friedman, and uh, which they went from like five guys to like 500 guys <laughs> in that department. But um, so through that, worked with them in, in product development. And, and I was able to build my, my very first kind of week on the job, not only was uh, number sequencing videos that we did it with athletes performance, like, you know, uh, minute 32, delete until minute 37, like <laughs> the most tedious, boring editing ever. Um, but at the same time, uh, developing a professional grade product for Dick's Sporting Goods called Skills Chrome. Um, and so that was kind of my first foray into uh, to skills. Skills had six fitness pro or five fitness products at the time that I came in. And so I was able to innovate and create, you know, right now, like 90% of, of, of the skills training products I was able to, to invent for them. Um, wow. And so it's when I look at all of these pieces out there, it's like, oh, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've seen that since, you know, I, I was hiking and got an idea about it or in my garage when I was 16. Um, I was able to bring those things into fruition. And, and listen, a lot of my products failed and failed miserably. <laughs> but when I, when I fail, I'm going to fail forward and keep going, you know? <laughs> nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the manufacturing process of that just, just fascinates me to no end is, you know, how does, because, you know, like I said, I've had ideas of my own and I've always kind of hit this roadblock is like, how does somebody get something manufactured? You know what I mean? And, you know, when you work for a company, obviously there's a little bit uh, easier methods to be able to do that. So I, I guess maybe my question is, is when you have an idea, how do you get that to the finishing product? Like what are the steps and the processes that you have to go to? Maybe some of the roadblocks that you really have to fight against. Maybe even if just, Hey, I have to convince people that this is a good idea. What are some of the things that you have to do? Yeah. So it's, uh, products that are already created are really easy. Uh, in fact, I'll go to these ISPO or FIBO shows and I'll go from booth to booth and I'll say, Hey, I'm Mike Cummings. That there is my design because they're just selling what you already created. Right. Um, that's the easy process, the hard process and why skills is the number one company in training. We're the most copied company out there, um, for speed, agility, um, and, and multidirectional training because we innovate everything fresh, which means it takes a lot longer. So uh, to answer your question, you have this great kind of concept, right? And you, you start vetting the concept. Let's just say your concept, well, I guess I'll walk you through one of the ones we did. So I was really interested in this idea. Anytime you watch the NFL, they say, oh, that player was really running downhill, right? Have you heard that? I was mm -hmm. like, what yeah. the heck does that mean? It means they're running unimpeded. It means there's, there's no, no one acting on it like you're running downhill. And then I actually did a study where we or read, a stu read a study and participated at San Diego State where we took somebody and had them run 20 miles an hour on a treadmill. And then we put the decline uh, on, I think, like, you know, a 5% or 7% grade. And so then that person was running 23 miles an hour. And then they did that for a period of time. And then when we put them on flat ground, they were able to increase from 20 miles an hour to match the 23 miles an hour. And so there was this intrinsic or this, this, this phenomena that happened where their neuromuscular system adapted. And I said, yeah. wow, that, that, 
that idea of overspeed seems really interesting to me. I wonder if we can create that neuromuscular uh, phenomena where we need it. So on you know a hundred meter dash, most people are pretty good out, out of the blocks, but mm -hmm. it's that pull ahead speed. When everybody else starts to decelerate, why does Usain Bolt win? Because he continues to accelerate. And so we the first so once you have the phenomenon, what you want to do, you kind of have to do like a search. Like, is there in my brain, I see this as like a, a release trainer, like the load and release trainer. Like I'm going to give you resistance for a period of time. Then I want to let that resistance go, turn it into like, you know, kinetic energy, like a bullet out of a gun. They're going to take off. Mm. And then you got to do a patent search and patent searches and all this stuff's expensive, but you realize, okay, Nike owns most performance metrics. Like most things that happen, Nike has, has patented. And so now it's a series of like, kind of working around their language because they don't even make product anymore, but they still hold on to those patents. And mm -hmm. so we, we ended up creating this load and release trainer, which is basically a handle. Um, and then you gotta, you do a lot of iterations to find out what works and what doesn't work. Cause there's two things when you work with an athlete that you need to adhere to. Number one, if it's complicated, they're not going to do it. You can't mm -hmm. make them look like a dummy. And number two, you can't have product failure. So if there's product failure, they're like, they're done. They're never going to use it again. Um, so it has to be really easy. So we created, after a lot of crazy iterations, this acceleration trainer, which is basically a belt with a loop on it. And mm -hmm. you, you put this kind of this bungee cord through this loop, and then you let go of one end and it spools through and they take off. Now, we didn't want to have resistance, so it's, it's about a 100-pound bungee so that the athlete can't feel me behind them, or, okay. and I can't you know, hurt the athlete by pulling too hard. It has that give. And then you know, the handle had to be a soft webbing so it didn't slap the athlete when it, when it whiplashed. So lots of testing, but afterward, we, we had um, – this is, this is – uh, I'll make this study quick, but – we had 60 uh, collegiate athletes that wanted to go to the combine. So uh, we baseline tested all of them. We had 30 go through a normal sprint protocol. And then we had 30 go through a the normal sprint protocol, adding the acceleration trainer as one component <coughs> of the sprint court protocol. Three weeks later, the 30 of the control that didn't use the product, 40% uh, of them beat their baseline average. Uh, compared to 100% of the next group using the acceleration trainer beating their baseline average. We continued that test for three more weeks. 67% of control group A beat their baseline, which is actually kind of sad that after six weeks, only 67 people under normal speed protocols are actually breaking their baseline. And again, another 100% not only beat their baseline, but they beat the second number that they had put up after three weeks. And so wow. this validated to, um, to Team Exos and, and, and Skills that, uh, that this was definitely a product that, that they need to incorporate. And so, you know, uh, from the factories, the worst though, like you have to go to the factories, you have to write exact tech reports, in fact, the funny thing, John, you'll like this. Our, our manager, Rick Huth, he goes, Cummings, you got kids. You have any, you have any books that like explain things like easy? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of uh, Dick and Jane? He's like, yeah. no, I don't know what that is because he's a you know, single guy. 
But uh, I go, oh, okay. So I, I bring in these Dick and Jane books and he goes, oh, this is perfect. So that's how he has to talk to the factories because of the language barrier and what they're talking yeah. about. And then you got to go back because they're like, you know, you put in, you put in a standards that are like plus and minus, you know, three millimeters on this thing. And then they got to measure them and make sure they're, they're actually that. Um, mm. And then each, you know, each quarter you have to remeasure because the factories are going to continue to try to change what you've made um, yeah. or use a different method because it saves them money. That's the, that's the toughest part, brother, is like making sure that like quality is all consistent and everything. Do things really get out there that are completely, maybe not completely different, but very different from the original uh, template and thought process? Or is, is that regulated uh, enough to where you're still kind of close to concept? So here's the sad thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to give you a number. 100% of the line or the time, the factories cannot produce what you're asking for. But the caveat to that is for the price that you can sell it at. Okay. We can make anything and, and sell it for like our med balls, for example. Our med balls, if we made them exactly to my specifications, would have cost $150 a medicine ball. Guess what? Nobody's buying that. No. So we had to get the price you know, of a six-pound medicine ball down to around $30. But, st but we still wanted to have the specifications of a reactive medicine ball that you can throw against the ground or the wall. And mm. so we ask a lot of crazy things from our factories that they're unaccustomed to delivering. And they're unaccustomed because we, the standards that we put forth are, are so stringent because we're, we're using them with professional athletes. You know, 350-pound lineman is going to be using that acceleration trainer. Like, that thing can't break. That belt yeah. can't give away. Because if mm -hmm. it does, that could be career-ending for him. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So you've gotten into some really interesting concepts and then you know, some of the more unique products that are out there kind of developing things from scratch. What about stuff that's just been around for quite some time that we're uh, looking to improve upon? The first things that come to mind, you know, you mentioned medicine balls, but even bands. Like, I'm a huge fan of bands. I love looped bands for just about everything. It's my favorite tool. But everybody kind of has a band out there. So how do you kind of differentiate uh, skills band versus other people's bands? For instance? I know it's tough. And, and the general consumer will not understand it. But there's a difference between an extruded band and a dipped latex band. Mm. Extruded is like the old school Play-Doh machines where you put clay in, you press the depressor, <laughs> and this thing like comes out, right? Yeah. They take, they take the two ends and they adjoin the ends and then they somehow secure the ends by either heat or um, an adhesive or something like that. That's okay. the weakest band. Most of those bands come out of China because that's a really cheap method. So okay. dipped latex is basically you have a big drum, you have a pool of latex rubber, and this drum dips down into the latex really thin, and it just continues to spin around this drum over and over and over, and then it dries. And so you're creating this layered with no end or abutment adjoinments, uh, right? So there's just one system. And so you can tell a good band really oddly because the layered bands will start to fr uh, fray. So if you've had a band for a long time, yeah. you can see them piecing apart. Yeah, That's you can, some of them you can even see like the, the levels. If you look to the side, some of them are, are such a way you see lines or grain through it, right? 
there you go. That that's a good band. That means that that's a, a primarily a dip latex band uh, band. Okay. And then you have like, you know, who, who does rubber trees the best? And what we found is in, in Thailand, they make the best rubber trees and they have the, the highest standards on them. And so we use dip latex um, from Thailand, which we believe to be the best. But you're right, man, like commodity products, guess who else uses those? There's like three or four other companies that also use our same methodology and our same factory. And that's where yeah. we really just depend on like the brand to push us through. It's like, oh, we always say, do what, do what we can to get our brand loved and trusted. And if you can be a loved and trusted brand, even if it's a couple dollars more, people are gonna go, oh, no, 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 that's skills. That's a skills band. And you know, before Sports Authority closed, I remember going into one in, uh, in Denver, and I was like, hey guys, where's your training gear? And the guy without a beat goes, oh, skills gear is upstairs. So he associated our brand with training, even though he wasn't prompted, I wasn't wearing a skill shirt. It, that's just how he answered that question. And I was like, yes, we're finally becoming like Kleenex, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a great analogy for that as well, too. So um, from a consumer standpoint, what are some things to look out for for quality? Maybe use a band as an example. Um, what could somebody look out for to understand, okay, why is skills a better quality product versus some of the other ones? You know, we don't have to use names and disparage anybody, but there is a difference to look out for and to stave off that frustration of, oh, my band just broke on me. What are some of the things that a consumer should be looking for when looking at different products? Yeah, that, that's tough because most people are buying something by looking at a one inch by one inch thumbnail, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to Amazon and they're making their purchase there. And I'll admit to play that game, um, we've also created these inferior cheap products as well. Let's use our ladder for an example. We were one of the first to, to come up with this agility ladder. Um, we did, we sold millions of units. Now we're down in like, you know, we're less than a million units in the last five years because if you look, everybody has a yellow and black ladder because everybody's copying skills. Now, if you buy our, our $29.99, our $30 yellow and black ladder compared to a $9.99 yellow and black ladder, the customer thinks it's the same thing. They just go, oh, I can get a better discount for, for whatever reason. Well, they're not the same. They are 100% they are uh, different from that. Um, from the materials used to, uh, we have rounded edges so cleats don't get caught. Um, if you leave ours in the sun, it won't warp. Um, the problem is the customer will not see this because you don't have anyone that's managing the verbiage on Amazon. Everything says the same thing. In fact, they're, they're using our exact content to support their brand and, and they're just pulling, they're, they're a Chinese direct company um, that, that's just selling. So, I mean, to the consumer out there, buy brand name because we're the ones that are really taking advantage of what we're doing if it if the name seems wonky and it's like you know sofra fit and it's from where you know guangzhou or something like you're gonna get a really crummy product um, yeah but there are brands out there that american brands mostly uh, or european brands that you can recognize um and make sure that they have innovative things as well that's the other thing i look at if there's a company, there's a, there's a great Italian company, and if you, if you go to that company and you don't see anything different than anybody else, be weary. But if you go and you go, oh my gosh, I've never seen that before. 
that's a company that you, you know is going to be putting the time and effort even into their base model um, or bottom of the barrel stuff, right? Yeah. Like a lot of us do soft tissue tools, but is somebody doing something unlike anything you've seen before, right? Like we're, look, we're looking at rock tape. It's like, yeah, you guys have some soft tissue mobility um, uh, balls and things like that. Um, but you also have these latex pods or the, these latex cups and you have this, this blades, uh, plastic and metal that don't look like anything I've used. But like that's how you know innovation. Um, mm. And that's how you know when you actually get the rock balls and you play with those, you're like, oh, I got it. These are, <laughs> these are awesome. These are really yeah. high quality skills yeah. is the same way you look at skills. You're like, Oh my gosh, I've never seen anybody else do an agility trainer pro an acceleration trainer. I've never seen that, that that'll give you good confidence that the stuff you have seen, you probably should buy from the company because it's going to be, it's going to be legit and hold up. Absolutely. And you take uh, a lot of this stuff all over the world. I think uh, on social media, I've seen you recently. I think you're in the Philippines. Um, and you know, out in, in that region, you travel all over the world, putting people through a lot of, of exercises and group classes using some of this equipment. Tell us about some of the stuff that you do specifically for the company, just getting the word out and showing people different products. Yeah. So we, John, we are blessed to live in America. Uh, what's in, what's in that dome of yours is, is probably, you know, one of the highest levels of education that, that somebody in like Southeast Asia is going to be able to, to, to get. They don't have access to, to this type of thing yet. They're eager and they're hungry for it. Yeah. Um, you know, we were at Rockstock, like some of the, some of the modules and the things that were being discussed about brain and midline and, you know, uh, listening to, to, to Capo, you know, speak, we're like, Oh my gosh, they, they don't get that. They'll never get that. And so one of the great things that, that this company does is, um, my role is, uh, is in business development. And so I'm kind of this red thread or this quote unquote, like, um, you know, agency that supports every facet of this company. And so, uh, in Southeast Asia, uh, we have new distributors. Um, there's, it's, it's skills is kind of not a known company in Southeast Asia. So we took an education tour. I wrote a, um, um, a, uh, a two day course, a 16 hour course, and we took it and delivered it to over 200 people in the Philippines, in Vietnam and in, um, uh, in Thailand. And cool. Oh my gosh, man. It's like, they're so grateful. And it's not that you're getting six people, 10 people, 15 people. We had 200 plus people there um, and they're, they're just, wow. they just can't believe what you're giving them. And the yeah. great thing for skills, as you know, it's like, Hey, I train baseball players. It's like, cool. Let's get into some rotary propulsion and some anti-rotation stuff. Let's start building the anti-rotation for when you follow through, let's get some deceleration stuff to prevent this and this injury. Well, why why tra I train um, a handball or the, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video of me getting schooled on that, um, like, uh, it's like volleyball soccer. I can never get the name Teapot or something like that. They're I kicking that ball over the net, like bicycle kick style. Oh my gosh. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I posted to my Instagram cause it, the guy made me look like a total fool, but, um, <laughs> just, just products like that. Like how, how can we create this? And it's just breaking down movement. Right. 
and then finding out what that movement is and using a band or a recoil 360 or you know a, a soft tissue mobilization device to help them you know be, become better athletes they don't know this because all they know is weightlifting and fitness right yeah. they're just seeing burpees they're just seeing um you know the squat um and so if you can if you can take you know a hinge lunge squat you know press push pull upper body lower body one of those one of those um uh movements put it in a robust balanced program and then show where that thing fits their their mind is blown and and the premise to what i do is i say listen i'm not here to like negate anything and i think this is how we you know how the, our education team here has agreed it's like what is the goal of your client and where does what you're doing fit in the program I don't care what you're doing. It may look silly, 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 but if it's in the right space to get your client to this goal, then, then, then we can't hate on that. Mm. And to give them the authority to go out and believe that, man, they're just going to be changing the lives of their clients out there. I mean, there's some people in tears because of what they're now going to be able to do for their clients. This, this girl wrote a, a Facebook post that brought me to tears. She's like, if you have access to education, please choose to teach because they don't get that. And if they do, there's a lot of organizations that go out there. They're like, cool, we're going to do a course. It's a thousand dollars. Well, they're making like 24 bucks a day. Yeah. So how are they ever in a million years going to be able to afford that? And that's one great thing that, um, you know, this company has, has been able to do is we're able to also sell product and, and, and be big enough that we can give this high level education to these, these coaches and these trainers and these therapists that, that wouldn't be able to, to have this information. Is uh, something like that things that we might expect to see in the United States, like different skills courses uh, for trainers uh, uh, happening in the United States sometime soon? Oh my gosh, it's so exciting what, what we're building right now. Um, I mean, you, you've been, you've been well-versed in the world of FMT and, you know, meeting with, uh, uh, you know, Ali and, and Ethan and, and, and certainly Capo leading the way. Um, the new assessments course um, is kind of the first foray into something that a personal trainer might be able to wrap their mind around without talking too much about codes and insurance and things like that that are specific to um, you know kairos physios in the medical world um, and do it in such a way that uh, that they can really put that into their practice and so we're going to start building out modules because i built a lot of modules for skills using kind of my own you know exos methodology but uh, looking into looking into what Kappa has come up with with focusing on kind of this this brain midline mobility component, we're gonna, we're gonna build this FMT pyramid and create you know, speed um, powered by, or not powered by, uh, you know, speed written by FMT powered by skills. Um, yes. Or yeah, hockey or something, rotational movement for hockey, again, written FMT education, but powered by you know, a trigger point and whatever. So yeah, that's one of the things that we're, we're the most excited about is kind of taking the performance component that I've owned forever and then this medical component that, uh, that, that Rock Tape has owned forever, FMT, and kind of meshing them together and, and making FMT this educational hub that supports all sports 
um, and then all disciplines of, of medicine. So it's, it's getting pretty exciting. That's a cool thing on the horizon too. Yeah. I've uh, gotten a chance to teach that movement assessment course a little bit. And then I have uh, many of these scheduled all the way already for, for next year. I'm really excited. And one of the coolest things about that course this is kind of a weird thing to say because the education is so awesome. You get a lot of toys when you take that course. So you're going to be going home with a lot of skill stuff. And one of my, I'm, I'm like the cerebellum guy, even though I don't want to call myself that, but it's all about complex nonlinear movements to really use for training. One of my favorite things is to pop out those little cones that I love or so low to the ground. They don't, they stack up really nicely or take some of the, um, I call them rubber bases because I was a baseball player all my life, but those, the field markers and just have people moving their limbs and body through and weaving through and stuff like that. What my favorite thing of this movement assessment course is getting to play with the toys. Because once you understand the concept, as, as you illustrated, Michael, is you get to have so much fun and realize that you can take this tool and use it for anything you need to. And that's what I find to be one of the best things with some of the skills products is it allows us the freedom to be able to use it however we need to. Some things might have very specific function, but you can work through so many different concepts with just a pair of cones or a band or something like that. Yeah, it, it's cool you said that. Um, there, there's this, there's this little like, not a dichotomy, but there's this, um, there's this varying differential between what we are doing here in the states and what happens internationally. Like here, we love concepts, just like you said. You because you're you and you have your paradigm focus, we give you kind of this template that's a backbone and you're going to do it your own way you're like cool these court markers are great even though it says set them up in this four pattern and do abc you're going no 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 what i'm going to do is i'm going to go two blues here two green here two red here and i'm going to do the cellular you know agility thing you know they can't be on style so (laughs) what here's and, and, and people love that here's the one downside to to that like internationally Mm-hmm. Um, in this, this happens in Germany. This has happened in, in, in Asia. They want to know exactly what to do based on a problem that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these courses that we just want to present the concept, like here's the concept, you're the boss. Once you understand this, do what you want with it. That doesn't fly. And that's one thing I've learned. I'm, I'm going to be in Dubai next week. And if I just present concepts, I'm going to get low marks. But if I say, hey, this is great for ACL patients, or this is great for a baseball player who's dealing with rotator cuff issue, and I give them this step-by-step approach, they're loving it. The downside to that is that they're just copying that recipe, right? Yeah. And you know where I'm going with this because it's in the the thing, the recipe paradox. Yep. That we, we love that here. Everyone at Rockstop like totally understands that they're taking these techniques and they're like, cool. I love what you taught me. I'm going to, I'm going to build that into what I already do. Fortunately, uh, like kind of the quote unquote personal trainer, if you will. And, and this, this, um, this international, uh, group, they, they want, they want to know exactly what to do for this thing. That's this, this given results. And, so that's one, you know, when I look at what is your mission, I think that's one of my missions is to build up the knowledge base of these individuals and, and give them the, uh, 
the confidence that they can uh, feel account or give them the accountability so they can feel responsible delivering um, the, the, or taking in these concepts and then putting out their own modules and their own protocols. Um, you know, as long as they fit in that methodology or that taxonomy with that, mm -hmm. with the goal in mind, like they should be able to just kind of uh, put out that information. And so that's yeah. one of the things that I have a hard time with because I'm like, whoa, you, you wrote it. You gave me like three stars on this presentation. We're like, yeah, because we really wanted you to just send us home with a list of what to do. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's really hard for me because there's like 10 million things you could have done. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's so funny you said that. I, I just taught my rehab class this morning and I showed the recipe paradox video and I am very much of that mentality and dealing with, you know, doctoral students. They're very much like that students in general. I, I find that it's just, I, I need a stepwise process. So I always say I'm teaching you a recipe, but you guys got to understand you're going to need to modify that recipe. Well, I'm teaching you rules. When you get out of school, you get to break rules and it's based on the concept to be able to break those rules. It's so funny you, you, you say that, and that's, that's very important to know for anybody who works internationally or um, even is in teaching and they teach internationally. That's an important thing. And I think just overall, you're going to have participants that are, are very much like that. So very important point to make. Yeah, it's, we, when I first learned the FMS years ago, we had these, hmm. the, uh, you know, these German students, and man, they, they hated the FMS because we were doing this one here, right? And, oh, shoulder, and they go, shoulder mobility. Well, they go, well, we need to measure that. We go, well, no, it's just, you can just see the difference. It's just asymmetries, right? You're just giving yeah. them a number. Mm -hmm. And if I gave them a, a, a two, they're like, no, 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 that's a, that's, a, that's a zero meter. That's a one immediately because they didn't, I'm like, we're not really looking at that. And so yeah. they were so focused on, um, you know, it, and, and maybe that's why all their stuff is so freaking exact and like perfect. Like, you know, German engineering at its finest <laughs> is because yeah. they, they really, you know, focus on that where we're still in practice, right? We're still in, we don't know. I remember meeting with um, uh, uh, Audrey Geisel, who, uh, Dr. Seuss's wife, and she's, mm -hmm. she does so much for the, for the, uh, the, the brain matters and, and neurology department here at, uh, UCSD. And she says to me, and this is like 15 years ago, uh, she goes, uh, she goes, Mike, in 1000 years, we'll know as much about the brain as we know about the heart today. Yeah. And, and it blew me away. Cause I had worked at the, you know, or worked with individuals with a, a cardiovascular, um, uh, hospital here at UCSD. And, um, I, man, I thought we had nailed, you know, we know the heart pretty well. And upon hearing you say a thousand years and, and that's, that's, that is what it is though. It's like, okay, yeah, there is a, <laughs> there is a lot that we just don't know and to, to, to firmly put a stake in something right now. We don't know. In fact, the research yeah. we're doing, you, you see the study, and then you see one of our guys go, and all this means is we still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> when will we know? Seriously, I, I, I'm right on board with you on that, though. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, I'm a very, very gray area person. And I, I, I understand people's frustrations, though, when it's presented like that, too. But uh, I, th I think we will learn better when we kind of understand the concepts a little bit more. You know, I, 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 I'm going to attribute this to Capo because I got it from him originally. I don't know if he is the first person to say it, but 
when you understand a technique, you know a technique. When you know a concept, you actually have a thousand techniques. And I think that's the biggest point to make is we want you to have more techniques, more opportunities just by kind of understanding that concept. So really, really cool points, really good points there. Yeah. Is there... Is there one tool, if I said you can only pick one thing from the skills library of tools, if it's a library, I don't know, uh, that you could use to train a client? Do you have a favorite? Is there one thing that you would go towards? I mean, my, my favorite tool of all times is going to be the Recoil 360. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a belt with a 360-degree ring and a bungee cord. And I just find I'm able to do all of the marches, all the lateral movements, all the skipping, um, resistance training so you can add, add resistance to it whether you're trying to clean up a movement or develop muscle or whatever it is but there's also that uh, assistance focus too so they have to decelerate and much like I think there's two two flaws that we make in training one is we all we never forget the, the, the massage we never forget the stretch but we always forget to activate prior to movement so that's the one thing we miss. And then I also believe we always forget about building the brakes, the deceleration component. Yeah. I think we're so good at Olympic lifting. We're so good at like rotary propulsion, but we don't focus on, um, you know, anti-rotation. We don't focus on deceleration. And that's when injury happens, right? Like, you know, it happens upon acceleration, but it, most baseball players, it happens with slowing down their pitch. Most yep. people blow out a knee when they're trying to stop and they haven't lowered their center of mass or increased their base of support and they just pop. So it's those components that I, that I think are so important. And the, re, the recoil 360 assists in that deceleration. Um, it's, it's always in my bag. You know, I'd like to say mini bands or pro bands or something um, or slides, I think, but yeah, recoil 360 is like, that's, that's my jam. That's my bread and butter. Even when you're traveling internationally, you got that thing in your bag. Um, no, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I wanted to, I just wanted to make sure <laughs> my, me personally, if I'm going to bring something, it's going to be slides. Cause I can do those anywhere. Nice. But, uh, everyone I teach, I make sure that whoever's supplying the product, they have recoil three sixties. Nice. Um, and it sucks cause they're expensive and they're, well, not, I mean, they're, they're decently priced, but if you're working with 250 people, I need, you know, I need one, uh, one for every two people. So one can hold right. and one can, uh, one can wear. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it gets kind of crazy for them, but the yeah. results are just, they're, they're absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I, I got to use that at uh, Rockstock actually with uh, Tony Mikla's uh, um, uh, seminar and he had us going through some really cool stuff with it. But I just being that kind of key, Geek. You know, I talked to you uh, beforehand about how much I, I love kind of how the process goes building and stuff. That's the first thing I saw. Instead of like, oh, cool, we're going to do these drills. I was like, oh, look at this belt. Look at how it's made. Good webbing. And all that stuff. <laughs> I <laughs> love geek it. With that stuff. It was great, though. So, <laughs> Well, listen, right. we, we have what's called a, an RFP, this request for proposal. Mm -hmm. um, the quarterly, we have category managers. And this is for anybody listening. If yeah. you guys have a great idea. If you have a product idea, if, you, if you've been theorizing about something, if you wish that this thing could exist, um, send it to me. Send it our way. I'll get it to the right people. And the reason I say that is because there's, there, there, we want to develop our own product. 
we skills, we used to license a number of things uh, early on until kind of I came on and the soccer and baseball guys came on. And then we've just kind of done our own product development, but ideas are so important. Um, we can't keep trailblazing and leading if we're, if we don't have these ideas coming in. Now, the one thing we have to realize is we have to look at the aperture of who this is going through, right? If we're only creating this one unique esoteric product, like only for DPTs, like we're probably not going to be able to bring that thing to market, no matter how cool it is. Right. Um, unless we can, unless we can break it down and kind of give it to the masses, we still have to sell product at the end of the day. But um, there's a lot of great products that have come in uh, just because of ideas. And we know what to do with those ideas. And we do that all the time. We have these whiteboard sessions where we'll bring up a category like speed and agility. And we will talk about, oh, what's a concept in speed and agility that, that people are talking about right now or that nobody's talking about that we, we can get behind. So listen, send those, send those emails in. I'm happy to forward them to the right people that can, that can make this happen and get you part of the, uh, the invention process. Campione, I expect something from you, buddy. Oh, crap. Well. All my ideas don't exist. I already told you that, right? <laughs> well, that's well, so something unique, right? That is a uh, good transition into kind of wrapping up. If somebody did want to get a hold of you, sir, uh, where could they find you? Uh, how could they email you possibly and uh, find you on social media? And then how can they find skills as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm easy to find. I'm, I'm at Michael the Trainer on Instagram. Um, the email is mcummings at 4mplus.com. Um, and, and because of my job, I'll probably just forward you or make the introduction to the right people. Um, but if you have questions like, hey, I, I, I do want to get this thing going, but I don't know how, man, I've done this not only for skills, but a lot of different companies uh, for a long time. I've been putting out products. And so happy to, happy to just, you know, uh, assist there, give you some advice because people gave me advice early on and I was, I've been able to do cool things with it. So I'm always happy to pay that forward. Um, skills is at S K L Z. There are no vowels in that. So there are no S K I L L Z it's S K L Z. Um, <laughs> com. um, yeah. And it's, uh, man, I just, I get teary when talking about skills. It's just such a cool brand that, has brought so much uh, great things to the industry of, of sports training, speed and agility. We were the number one baseball brand for so long. Uh, number one um, uh, a training brand, no, nothing is on field. Uh, soccer brand right now. So it's just, it's, it's, it's really great. Check us out, look, look, look at what we're all about. We're all about athlete first in every single thing that we do. Um, and, and M plus has been such a great uh, acquisition, uh, new owner for us because now we're able to, re they're really able to support us in ways that we weren't able to kind of move forward uh, before. But yeah, so uh, anyone, anyone out there that's it's at skills, SKLZ. Definitely check out Michael. Definitely check out skills. Skills is such an awesome brand. I knew it even before working for rock tape and uh, I always have skills bands in my bag as well too. Uh, it is definitely a product that I rely on and they've got, so many different things you will find something that is going to help you in your practice michael thank you so much sir you got it hey john quick question for you what's what's, up, what's your sport of choice my sport i grew up as a baseball player so that's my okay. thing yeah awesome so you can see i'm 
very asymmetrical is basically all that means. So <laughs> <laughs> you can only turn left. I can only turn left. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, John. This has been fun.